Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We're coming off a bye week, no Husker game to recap, but we can discuss the surprises and letdowns of the Big Ten this year. So let's start it off with you, Derek. What are the surprises and, le- and letdowns of the Big Ten thus far? Well, I think there's a lot of surprises. Uh, my first surprise, I'm going to stick with that, my surprising team of the Big Ten East there, and only for a different reason. I have Michigan State as my biggest surprise. I had them as my biggest surprise because I thought they were going to be so terrible this year. Turns out they're kind of good. <clears throat> the crazy thing is it's all defense again with these guys. Their offense has only scored 159 points so far this year. And uh, they're only allowing 118 points this year. The only two teams that have scored less than them in the Big Ten right now is Rutgers and Illinois. Wow. But they're still winning games. That And that surprises yeah. me a lot. As far as biggest letdowns, I, I hate to say it, boys. Nebraska. <laughs> I... Wow. <laughs> Big surprise there, I guess. But, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, could, I, I told you guys from the beginning of the season I could see us being anywhere from a seven-win team to a nine-win team. I, lean, I leaned a little more towards the nine-win team. I thought there were a lot of games out there that we could, we could win, especially like the Northern Illinois game. I thought we could at least play a good game against Wisconsin and Ohio State, and we haven't done either one of those. Uh, turnovers are still killing us. Our wide receivers have dropped, from what I read, 25 balls this year, which is disappointing. Uh, Our our defense has given up 216 points so far this year. The only teams below that are Maryland. The only team that's given up more (laughs) points than us in the Big Ten. So So, so I guess a five-win year wasn't in your eyes at all not really <laughs> yeah that's tough you got any other surprises or letdowns Derek uh no I'll, I'll let Tyler take it from there I think all right Tyler go for it you, you know a, a team that's my biggest surprise is Wisconsin um you know I thought they were going to be good this year um but they're great um they're in a position to do really good things this season um you know Derek Told us, remind us all earlier that they may not play another top 25 team this season. Um, we were talking not to take your stat, but I'm crediting you, Derek, but uh, I had that down too. Um, but anyway, no, Wisconsin's impressive. I think they're in a position they could run the table this year. Um, this might be the first really great Wisconsin team that we've seen out of Madison. Uh, you know, they're running the ball incredibly. Their defense is good as always, and they're actually getting some good quarterback play. Um, you know, they're playing some really good football, and I think they're a team that could end the season as a top six, seven team. Um, my biggest letdown is Indiana. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Those assholes were my surprise team out of the East. <laughs> and two weeks in a row, they about made me look smart. And then they blew a game in overtime against Michigan and had a comfort behind loss against Michigan State. I mean, this this poor team is at Heartbreak Hotel. And uh, they, they have just definitely disappointed me not hitting the expectations I thought they were going to have this year. Yeah. To add to that Wisconsin little piece there, you know, they – their schedule set up nicely for them, and uh, Vegas had them at an over/under win total of uh, at ten and a half, and then coupled that with fifty to one odds to win the national title. I jumped on that, put a little bit out there just for that opportunity. They could be a playoff team this year. They could put themselves in a position to uh, cash me some money. So that's pretty cool. Hey, Derek, I like your pick on the Michigan State. Yeah, they're they're my surprise team. Also, I didn't. I thought maybe this year it was going to be one of those things where you know after last year's terrible season, uh, it it would continue. But Mark D'Antonio, man, that that guy, he just proved that last year was a complete fluke. He is. Yes, go ahead, Derek. Well, the other, the other thing about Michigan State was not just how bad they were last year, but all the controversy in the off season. Yeah, the true. All the allegations and, it just, it just, it just and kick like, players off, yeah. It just seemed like it was just doomed for failure. and Yeah. It was a recipe for disaster. And Kudos yeah, to the, them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, yeah, Nebraska. You know, you get, Derek, you are talking about Nebraska, how they're a surprise team. Would you guys ever think that through seven games that Nebraska would have the same record as teams like Ruggers, Maryland, Indiana, and Purdue? And couple that with Rogers being two and two in conference, just like we are. The only school that we are better than in the Big Ten is Illinois right now. With they got a two and five record. At least we beat them though, right? That's it's just that's a surprise how weak the Big Ten West really is. I mean, you have Wisconsin and nobody else. Terrible, terrible. Tyler. You, you know, Justin, you, you brought up the West, and I think the whole Big Ten's down. I think the conference this year has not let up the expectations. You have the top three in Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. The fourth best team is Michigan State, and they got throttled against Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that they're not, I mean, the Big Ten as a whole, Michigan doesn't look like a good team. That win against Florida at the beginning of the season looks terrible. Florida's head coach is getting death threats right now about how bad they're doing. I mean— <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's really bad. I mean, Maryland, a lot of people had as an up-and-coming team. UCF destroyed them. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck is underwhelmed there. Nebraska, obviously, is underwhelmed. Um, I mean, you, you look across the Big Ten as a whole, I mean, a lot of the teams that were going to be in that second tier this season have not lived up to expectations. That's amazing. Uh, so let's uh, keep it on track with uh, Nebraska. Uh, we talked about how they are doing terribly through seven games. We got five games left. What do you guys think that uh, Nebraska can do from here on out? Tyler. You know, it, it, it's tough. And I think a lot is going to come down to this Purdue game about the tone this team has, um, how much fight is left in this team. Um, but I think there's enough fight. I mean, I'm hearing the comments from the coaches. I, I believe that Riley is going to rally the troops. And I look at the second half of the season, as we talked about, there aren't, with the exception of Penn State, a lot of games that scare me. Um, you know, the, the first half of the season, with the exception of Northern Illinois, did not play out too much differently than I thought. 
Um, we lost to three teams that were really good. Um, and we beat up on really bad teams. I really don't have a sense of how good we are because our two victories are maybe against two of the worst teams in the conference and our two losses maybe against the two best teams in the conference. Um, I mean, it, it's really tough to really get a gauge off that. So I, I like what I see in our schedule the second half of the season. And I think there is a realistic shot that we go four and one to end the season at seven to five. I, I definitely like our chances of three and two, but uh, that that I may be eating crow next week if we lay a turd against Purdue this weekend. <laughs> let's no, let's hope not. Derek, what do you think? I think Nebraska, at best, goes three and two. At worst, probably goes two and three. I think we can win at least one at home, one on the road, with with what our schedules pointed out here. Uh, we might be able to squeeze out a third win somewhere in there. I'm, I'm not 100 percent convinced of that. Tyler, you talk about what the coaches are saying and what the players are saying. These coaches and players have been saying the right thing all year long. After the Oregon game, we all said they were going to come out pumped up against Northern Illinois because they were saying all the right things. Like They were just mad that they lost that game and how they lost it. And at the end of the day, they came out and decided, eh, maybe we don't care as much as we thought we did. Maybe, maybe that's a little too harsh, I guess, but... Right, right now, I just, it's hard to believe anything that they're saying in there because everything they say, nothing has come to fruition. Well, we did score more offensive points than uh, Northern Illinois. True. <laughs> take if that, only that counted. Take that as a moral <laughs> victory. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, Derek. One, one thing on that though, the, the concern I have about this team is, is I really do like our matchups, but th- there's got to be a little bit of the reality of. Uh, what, what are the coaching staff thinking right now? I mean, are they looking – are these assistants starting to look for other jobs? Are, are people starting to mm. back their bags up because of the? It, it's getting very, very thin? And you look at all that and you say, man, this could be a really tough situation the second half of the year if the coaches aren't completely bought in. But you, you listened to Diaco tonight when he came out talking about he believes this can be a great defense. And, God, his conviction sold me. Um, yeah. I, I still, One of the nation's I, best. I mean, he still believes in this squad, and and again, it's really going to be telling. I think this Purdue game is going to tell us a lot what the second half of the season holds. Derek, do you have anything to add there? You know, I, I just I don't know right now. Like Nebraska has looked like garbage in most of their games, so it's hard for me to sit here and go, "Yeah, I think we can do better." We're halfway through the season, and yes, Tanner Lee has shown some some progress. He's he's looked a little bit better. But the de- anytime he looks good, the defense seems to take a huge step back. I just, I, I just, right now, there's nothing that's selling me on we're a good team. And the other thing that you bring up, the coaches, maybe are they looking for another job? How much of a distraction is that for these players? Well, I mean, it's gonna it, this. I think this game is gonna tell with with Purdue because this is gonna come down to who wants it more. And sure. If, the, if these players want to play for Riley. They better pull their heads out of their asses and figure out how to start winning games. That's true. Well, the coaches, they need to do their part, too. They need to call better games. They need to make better decisions. So uh, it's going to be a collaborative effort to get success. Uh, As far as my pick, from here on out, I think three and two is probably the most realistic expectation in my eyes. And I think we do have a shot at four and one, but I'm not absolutely convinced four and one. Uh, Derek, you're talking about two and three. 
I just, I, my mind, I'm such an optimistic guy. I just don't go in that area. So I just don't think of things like two and three. It's like, you know, I, I, it doesn't compute with me, I guess. But, uh, uh, anyway, uh, so based off of your answer, do you think that that win total is enough to save Mike Riley's job? Tyler, with your answer, what do you think? Well, I think it should. Um, I, I think if, if Mike Riley goes six and six and more, like I said, with the seven and five, I think he deserves another year. Um, this is his third year in the system. Um, you know, at Nebraska, I think this is, he implemented a lot of new stuff this year. Uh, I like what he has done in a lot of fronts from the recruiting. And I think it's just a bad move to fire a coach after three seasons, unless it's an epic failure. And I don't think seven to five would classify that. Um, I, I just don't know if it is. I mean, there, there are a, there are signs in Lincoln right now to get rid of Mike Riley. Um, mm. I mean, the, the fan base is pretty against Mike Riley. And I just kind of wonder if similar to what we've seen of coaches in the past with Bo Pelini and Frank Solich on that year, if they're lame duck coaches, if it really matters what we do the rest of the year. Yeah. It's unfortunate about all the signs out there. Derek, what do you, what do you say? Unless we go five and zero, oh, which we all pretty much know is not going to happen at this point. I don't know if Riley is going to be able to save his job at this point. Maybe four and one, maybe if the other candidate out there doesn't do as well as he has started the year. But I think that's going to have a little bit to do with it, too. Like, I know we don't want to get into this discussion, but if Scott Frost ends up going to a New Year's Six Bowl, is Nebraska going to be willing to lose out on him just to keep Mike Riley around for another year? So I think that's got, I think that has a lot to do with whether Riley keeps his job and may have even more to do with whether Riley keeps his job than, say, what he does. Uh, with my answer of three and two, I think three and two is uh, a minimum, what Mike Riley needs to do to keep his job. But we really need to look good in those wins. You know, we, we can't be skating by, uh, you know, three of those teams that we're playing. Granted, you know, we're, we're not the favorites in some of these games. But you got to think, guys. We got to be the uh, better team than, you know, Purdue and Minnesota, you know what I mean? And Northwestern. We're the better team, right? Right? I mean, on it's paper. just. On paper, we are. God, we, we should be. And for us not to win three out of the next five, it, it hurts me, you know, just to think that we can't. <laughs> so uh, I think he needs to get three and two. Four and one, yeah. Yeah, Tyler, you're right. Four and one definitely saves him. Three and two. He's and he's got to look good doing it. So we'll see. We'll see this week. Uh, but moving on, we got uh, the college football playoff. They're going to announce their rankings next week, which is always fun. Uh, it's a lot of water cooler talk. So revisiting our predictions at the beginning of the season, and uh, what do you guys think with the final four? playoff teams what is that scenario going to look like at the end of the year when it's all said and done who are the who are the four teams that make it into the playoff Derek okay I I was I was already obviously way off because I had USC in here and I had Ohio State in here Ohio State <laughs> still has a shot I guess uh but my, my top four right now are Bama which it's hard to argue that uh Penn State I think it's pretty hard to argue that. As a matter of fact, I think you could almost make an argument that Penn State could be number one. But 
I, I think Bama deserves to be number one just for their name and what they. Then they're still winning big. Number three, it's gonna surprise you guys. I have Miami in there. Really? I think they're playing. They're playing pretty good ball. I. Mark Rick seems to have them turned around pretty well. Uh, they have a very favorable schedule. They have two tough games left with Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, but they're both at home. And then if they can go into an ACC championship and beat Clemson, and after Clemson got beat by Syracuse, I mean, they're beatable. So I I think Miami's maybe in there. Hmm. And then I got TCU in there because I think they're another one that's just showing to be – they, they probably have the longest stretch to get there because they sat there still some pretty tough road games to go to. But if they can continue the road that they've paved the way so far, I, I got TCU in there. Interesting. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, my, my picks at the beginning of the season with uh, Florida State being in there, uh, that one is definitely not looking good. Their season ended after Alabama massacred them opening week and crippled their season. But uh, – um, as much as I hate the tide, I, I think they're, they're probably, they're going to get in. The sec is a bad conference this year. Um, I, I really think the sec might be the third or fourth best conference this season. Um, I think Alabama may slip up somewhere along the way, but a one loss sec champ is going to get in there. Uh, especially since I think they can beat uh, Georgia in the sec title game, which would be eliminator. Um, I don't see. Nick Saban losing to a former assistant. Uh, I don't see it happening. I also got Clemson. Um, Clemson lost against Syracuse on a Friday night. Those are kind of fluky games. It's hard to really tell, and upsets kind of happen in those short week games. Uh, I I think they're going to rebound the rest of the year. They played good ball at the beginning of the year, beating uh, Auburn earlier in the season. They've looked good doing it. I think they rebound and they run the table. Uh, I got Ohio State. I think Ohio State, I mean, we saw that team in Lincoln. Uh, I really don't know if there is a more athletic team out there in the country. They're going to be tough to beat the rest of the year. And for a fourth, I, I went back and forth between Penn State and TCU. Um, I think there is a really sh- good shot that Penn State is going to have a good rest of the year. Um, I don't see them winning the Big Ten, but I think they're going to have a good shot to have a good finish. They're athletic. I think they're going to give a lot of eyes with a p- potential Heisman winner in Barkley. But I think TCU gets the edge because I think they're going to end up winning the Big 12. And I think it's going to be hard to keep a conference champion out, uh, especially uh, if TCU, where they're ranked right now, I just think that they have enough momentum to get in there. Good picks. Derek? I, I would also like to throw in there, and this is a team I'm backpedaling on because I was not sold on these guys for the longest time. I really struggled to keep Notre Dame out of my top four, too. Because they're playing really good ball right now. And their only loss is to that Georgia team. And they only lost by one point. But having to go on the road to uh, Miami and Stanford, it's a pretty tall tall order. I just don't know if they can quite pull out. They would have to win out the season in order to make the playoff. I just don't know if they can quite do that. But I struggled. I almost put Notre Dame in there too. Uh, As far as my four, in no particular order, I have Alabama because they're Alabama. TCU, again, great team, playing great ball. Clemson, I think Clemson gets in there, one of the ACC. And then I like Central Florida. No, I'm just kidding. I, like, I, got, <laughs> Ohio, I got Ohio State in there uh, as well. I, yeah, Ohio State, they are just playing lights out. Ever since their loss to Oklahoma, I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder what 
team showed up there, you know, against Oklahoma because you haven't seen that team since. So uh, it'll be fun. You know, just like every other year, though, whoever we have right now means those teams probably won't make it. And it's going to be teams <laughs> that you don't expect that are crawl in there. But outside uh, of Bama, let's face it, Bama will be in it. But yeah, outside of them, yeah, we probably won't be right on any of the rest of them. I, not that I'm shocked, but none of us had Pac-12 teams in there. I mean, you I know, didn't even consider one, really. You know, I, I, it, it, preseason I had Stanford, but they're good done. I, I thought about Washington. Um, you know, Washington, but they still play Washington State and Stanford, and whoever comes out of the south of the Big Ten or uh, Pac-12, um, I just I see them stumbling again. And even if they somehow win out, I just don't know if with what they've done, who they play in the NOF conference, if they'll be more impressive than a one-loss or undefeated Big 12 champ um, or potentially even a at-large with Notre Dame or Big 10 runner-up or Georgia. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there I think will have more impressive resumes. Well, let's, yeah, let's, give, them, let's give them a little bit of credit. They did beat Rutgers. I mean, that was a tough <laughs> game. Barely. <laughs> Hey, you know, I think it's important, you know, we've we've been bashing the Big 12 for a while now, but there's some pretty good football being played in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. Um, we're, we'll get into some of those games here as we make our picks, but uh, yeah, good football being played. All right, let's uh, get into our opponent watch here. Purdue, you know, the line opened up at uh, with the Huskers, a six and a half point underdogs to Purdue. So I don't know what the hell's going on in the universe, but this should not happen. The line is down to five and a half now, according to Bovada. But uh, how does this happen, Derek? Stats match up, baby. It's all about the stats. It's always <laughs> about the stats. They don't lie, my friends. <laughs> and all, and, and most of the. Uh, biggest stats matchups that, that, that tend to matter in games Purdue has us beat they they have us we're they're better in running the ball which controls the clock they have better pass efficiency than we do we do average a little bit better in pass yards uh total offense they have us beat just barely uh scoring offense we have them beat just a little bit rushing defense we have them beat by like two yards their pass defense, they have us beat by about 30 yards. Uh, their total defense is still better. Their scoring defense is better. I, I just, it blows me away. Like, stats just don't lie. And it's not that their stats are overwhelming. It's just that ours are so terrible. Yeah, we don't do ourselves any favors, sir. Da- David, Ta- Blau, David Blau is fifth in the conference in passer rating. Only behind J.T. Barrett, Alex Hornerbrook, uh, Trace McSorley, and Nathan Stanley over there at Iowa, and Tanner Lee is like eighth in that list. He's actually tied for second in uh, pass completion percentage at sixty-six point seven percent, and uh, the only t- the only t- guy ahead of him is Trace McSorley, and he's point one percent higher than him. Their running backs averaging 6.1 yards per carry. They got a big offensive line that seems to be holding its own. Their defense seems to be pretty strong. 
I right now Purdue scares me a lot. Yeah, and they got the same record as us, three and four. Tyler. Well, Stop Boy over there took a lot of my thunder. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, you know, but to get off the numbers, uh, you know, with Purdue, if Purdue did not lose the Rutgers last week, they could have been our surprise team when we looked at the Big Ten. Um, I don't think any of us had Purdue winning that much. Uh, I believe the over-under in Vegas at the beginning of the year was two and a half. Uh, along those lines, two and a half or three for Purdue wins this year. So they've already hit the over uh, this year. And there, no one saw Purdue being near the team. But, Derek, you pointed out they have barely a better offense than we do statistically. They're 79th. We're 80th. I mean, th- basically, they've had the same. Uh, you know, you look at strength of schedule. We, we both played Wisconsin. They played Wisconsin more competitive than we did. Um, you know, they, they lost by 17 to 9. But... Wisconsin did fumble inside the five-yard line, and it was a kind of a rainy, sloppy game up in Madison that day. Um, but they, they haven't played Ohio State. So they played one of the big boys. We've played two. Um, that kind of definitely affects a little bit. And uh, on a common matchup, they lost to Wisconsin, but we beat Rutgers. So we do hold that over Purdue right now is that key victory. But you know, I think this game is going to be very intriguing. Um, right now, you're looking at the the offense of Purdue, which has been garbage, scoring one touchdown the last two games, and our defense, which has given up over 90 points the last two games. Who's going to do something there to make a play is really going to determine this game, and that's where I see it going. Derek? My question for you guys is, did anybody happen to watch the Purdue-Rutgers game? Because I didn't see a minute of it. I, and I looking did not. at the stats, I want to know how in the hell – Rutgers won that game 14 to 12 because Purdue had like double the yards of Rutgers yeah. on, on the, on paper. It looked like Purdue just killed them. Yeah. Tyler. I, I didn't see the game, but going back and watching the highlights and kind of reading the books, it looks like Rutgers got by on a couple big plays, but was largely unproductive that game. Purdue had issues converting on third down, but, you know, not only did they lose that game, I mean, they it took them until about a 30 seconds left or last couple of minutes before they even scored that touchdown. Um, they couldn't get the ball in the end zone, and they missed a lot of key plays. Um, they, they've struggled to keep drives going. They put up yards, but they couldn't get the points. And, you know, Diaco preaches a bend, don't break, and that kind of plays into what you would think his strategy would be. Yeah, but to that point, you know, the uh, yards – 474 yards Purdue had. Rutgers only had 217. That's just – yeah, you're right. That amazes me. Purdue did have two turnovers, but wow. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a shocker. And after that, I was for sure – I was for sure that uh, we would go into this game being favored, maybe by a point. But no, no, no. Even after all of that, still not favored. But uh, Derek – you know, you bring up third down conversions, Tyler, and, you know, that's another key stat that, you know, you're right, Purdue struggles on third downs. They're giving up, they're, they're, they're only getting 31.2% of their third down conversions. Nebraska's giving up 46.6%. So it's going to be a matter of who steps up. I mean, really, who steps up in this game? Tyler. But the reality of our defense really comes down to our defense was moving a lot of trends forward. 
and then Wisconsin-Ohio State happened. I mean, our third down conversion was moving the right direction, and then those games happened. And that, and again, maybe that's more indicative of what our team is, those two games, than Rutgers-Illinois. But, I mean, will the real defense please stand up? Because I don't know who the black shirts are right now. Well, you're talking about the progress is that the defense that they were making before Wisconsin-Ohio State. It's not like they were playing offensive juggernauts there. We had a three-game span where we were playing – you know, terrible offenses. So of course we look kind of good against that, but but we also uh, played two really, really good offenses that are near the top of the country. So yeah, you're right. We played the bottom. And I don't think good. Ohio State is gonna. That's that's the team that you want to use to make your argument. Wow. Well, well I'm saying that Ohio State's offense makes a lot of teams' defense look silly. Yeah, they put yeah. they put up 62 points against Maryland. I mean that that is a great offensive unit. I mean. They've put up a point. They're going to make a lot of defenses look silly the rest of the year. Okay, Derek. Can anybody, if you have a chance to look it up, can anybody tell me how many times Ohio State punted against Maryland, or did they? I, I don't know, but I doubt they did. It's hard I, to punt when you put up 62 points. I don't have that answer either, but. Because I, I know they didn't punt against Nebraska. Hell, they haven't punted against Nebraska for two years. <laughs> That is sad, Tyler. You, you know, Derek, you gave a lot of places where uh, we have disadvantages, but one thing that I have a little bit of faith of going into this game is Tanner Lee. With all the struggles we've had over the last three weeks, what's been overlooked is Tanner Lee starting to play a little bit better football. And one thing that Purdue does not do well is rush the passer. They're 122nd in the country in sacks, and we're 20th in the country in sacks allowed. That, 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 gives us a, that gives us an opportunity maybe to give Tanner Lee. He's been playing better football. Maybe he has a presence there, and we can actually get something done. But our offensive line held up pretty decent against Ohio State as well in that department. So Yeah, they did. Is that- but that's a different – that's not even the same. That's like if the little Giants were playing the professional Giants. I mean, it's not even the same game. I mean – they're two different <laughs> leagues. It's not even fair comparison where we are in Ohio State. Hey, did take Rick Moran as head coach right now. If you if <laughs> little Giants joke. Come on. <laughs> Derek, go ahead. Save me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to save you from that. Oh. <laughs> take Al Bundy every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I lost my train of thought here. Thanks, thanks, Tyler. Thanks for ruining the whole show. Yeah, <laughs> I got, you got to throw a little Giants reference out a little bit there. I wish we had Icebox out there playing linebacker for us. <laughs> we could use we could use Icebox right about now. <laughs> but no, but on the other side of it though, one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is when you look at some of these players that are getting healthier. Um, we are getting healthier in our safety position, which should help us. I mean, again, that that offense they played better than us i guess but they're not an offensive juggernaut we're gonna have some key players back in safety i do like where our defense matches up against them Derek. okay i I gained my train of thought again so tyler i know we've talked about this kind of off the air uh you talk about how much you hate the 12 for the the 12 the 12 formation the 12 you know with two tight ends 12 personnel there you go thank you uh how much of that has factored into our sack rate 
that, that's and, a good and, question. And now you have the offensive coordinator trying to get the tight ends more involved. Well, if they're going out for passes, is that going to open up some lanes for, for more sacks? Very possibly. But one thing that, you know, but it's not like we're playing against a team that's known to rush the passer. And so that the 12 personnel, I think, is not, uh, you know, what, what Derek's kind of referring to is I, I hate this two tight end bunch set that we've been running. I feel that game. I think our backs this year have really actually impressed me from the most. I think, you know, Trey Bryant's out for the rest of the year now, but I think all three backs have shown a lot more glimpses than I thought I was going to see out of them. Um, I think the biggest problem with a running game hasn't been necessarily the line. It's been that, that they keep putting these bunch sets in and the tight ends aren't blocking anyone and we're getting tackled from behind because they can't even chip a guy. Uh, yeah. it, it's really hindered it. And I think I, I will be curious if this bye week has given any other design. And Derek, you might be right. I think we've been playing the two tight end personnel uh, for two reasons. One, I don't think we have the wide receivers to go three to four deep at wide receiver the whole game. And two, I think there is some concern about pass protection on Tanner Lee. Derek? Well, you, br- you, bring, that, you bring up the uh, running game, and, you know, the run blocking on this team is just terrible. It doesn't matter. The tight ends are terrible. The offensive line is terrible at running blocking. We just can't seem to run the ball, and we need to fix that. But you bring up uh, – to go back to that, the 12 personnel formation with the two tight ends – and you talk about their blocking. Well, they don't seem to block even on the swing passes and the screens. They don't. And, you know, this week, uh, Riley mentioned maybe burning a red shirt of one of our tight ends. I, I'm to the point that I, I'm, you know, Hoppus is okay in the receiving game, but I, I'm tired of some of this personnel group. Like, if they're not going to go out there and play and block, and that's what they're in for, run three wise, put a tight end out in split formation to at least open up some spread out the team and allow the team uh, Zigbo to run the power instead of having these defensive tackles and then be able to stay in tight. I just, I, I just, I, I will be really curious if what we decide to do at that tight end position for the rest of the year. So looking at Purdue at what they bring uh, to the table offensively and defensively, uh, we're coming off of a bye week. What players do you think uh, will have their opportunity to shine for Nebraska in this game after a bye week? Did anybody jump out to you, Tyler? I think Chris Jones. I mean, the guy kind of got rushed to come back out there. Um, you know, Purdue's playing with a pretty much brand new group of wide receivers out there. Um, I, you know, that they they've shown that Purdue gives up passes, they throw turnovers. I, I think I like Chris Jones coming out of the bye week and really starting to play like, you know, that first to second round pick that we thought he could be. Yeah, that's kind of what what I was thinking. Derek, did you uh, have anybody in mind? I'd probably go with maybe some of our wide receivers now that they're getting a little healthier again. You know, Stanley Morgan, uh, he, he seems to be getting a little more healthy again after having a, a hip problem, I believe. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yes. And then uh, J.D. Spielman seems to be getting healthier again. Hey, you know what? J.D. Spielman, man, I, I want to see him have another mega game. I think that would be awesome. That was so much fun. That was like the one – uh, good thing. Hey, just a quick, just a quick vote out there. Who's everybody's favorite wide receiver at this point? Oh, J.D. Spielman by hands down. I mean, he's going to catch everything. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> drop anything. He's so he's so fun to watch after the catch. Also, the way that the way that he moves. I mean, he he's like he's he like a to cat be, out there. He seems to be like a cross between J.D. Uh, 
Stanley Morgan and DPE. Like he yeah. catches the ball better than Morgan, and he runs the ball like like DPE does. So if you can get him in any yeah. open space, he just yeah I agree. I think JD Spielman is my absolute favorite receiver on this team right now. You, Derek, you threw out Stanley Morgan. One thing with Stanley Morgan is. He may be playing for an NFL early drafty, uh, especially if we go away from Mike Riley. He's a guy I would not be shocked to see go pro early. And you talk about motivation of this team. I mean, some of these guys may be him being one of them, maybe playing for that ability to maybe go pro early. Well, that's Better that's kind of uh, yeah. Well, that, that's scary. Just given our uh, depth at wide receiver, I mean, we're we're just so. Uh, decimated there. I mean, I don't want to see anybody leave early. Yeah. Well, I'll say if if some Husker fans get their wish in Scott Frost, that four wide out set that he's been running at UCF is going to be really interesting with uh, a whole bunch of walk-ons. People are going to get their wish with the walk-ons getting the spotlight and Scott Frost if he comes in because it's going to be a it's going to be an ugly set of affairs at that wide receiver position. Oh, geez. So much to get into for later. Uh, but we got to move on. Uh, let's get into the games of the week. Derek, let us know how we did last week. Justin had a, another fairly disappointing game week. Went, uh, three, life went story. three and two. That's not terrible, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a winning record. It's better than Nebraska can say, right? That <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, puts oh. you at 24 and 19 overall. Tyler and I both had four and one records for the week. Missing on different games, but we both went 4-1 and one over the week, and uh, Tyler's at 26-17 on the season, and I'm at 28-15 and 15 on the season. Oh, we need, a, we need a... Woo! We I think need, I won last year, too, if I remember right. Yeah, we, we can't have Derek win. We need an auditor to come in and check those results. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oklahoma State, minus 7.5 at West Virginia. Derek. Oklahoma State. I think they're slightly better on offense and defense. Uh, both these both these quarterbacks are really good. Will Greer has thrown 26 touchdowns to five interceptions, and Mason Rudolph has thrown 19 touchdowns to four interceptions. Both these teams have really good offenses. Oklahoma State does seem to have the slight edge on defense and offense, so I'll, I'll go with Oklahoma State. Tanner. You know, Morgantown's a tough place to play. Uh, you know, that that's one of those underrated things that with the new Big 12 is how uh, West Virginia, that's a tough travel place. And uh, West Virginia's two losses this year is by a touchdown each to Virginia Tech and TCU. Um, you know, they lost to two good teams and they played them close. I, I think I like West Virginia for the upset this weekend. Wow. Well, this is a game of a, it's a top 25 battle in the Big 12. Uh, I like Oklahoma State in this game just because I keep riding Oklahoma State's coattails, kind of like Indiana, but they win. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get into another Big 12 matchup. It's a top 25 matchup. This one features number four TCU and number 25 Iowa State. How about Ohio or Iowa State making the top 25? Crazy, right? All right, I think it's fascinating, it, actually. But. It's sad that they made it before Nebraska did. Well, yeah. Well coached. Hey, uh, TCU, they're seven-point favorites over lowly Iowa State. Derek? 
How do you go against TCU right now? They're just playing good ball. I like what Iowa State's done, and, you know, they upset Oklahoma. And it's it's hard, it's hard to say that they can't play with TCU, but I, it could be a close game. I think TCU will win. Tyler? You know, a coach that's under the radar out there is Matt Campbell. I mean, that guy has done really good things at Iowa State. He's turned that program around, and, you know, since they lost to Texas uh, – they beat Oklahoma, destroyed Kansas and Texas Tech. They're playing good football, but TCU. I think they may stumble, but man, I think that I think they're they are where they're on upset alert this weekend, and they're going to bring their A game and win. Yeah, you're right. Iowa State. They're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. You know, like what they did with Oklahoma with a backup quarterback there. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. I I'll be excited to watch this, but I think TCU. I think they do get this uh, get the win here. Uh, another top 25 matchup, North Carolina State at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is seven-point favorites. Derek? I'm buying into the Notre Dame hype a little bit. I hate to say that. I really do. But, man, they're averaging 41.3 points per game, only giving up 16.4 points per game, averaging 318 rushing yards a game. Control the ball, control the clock. That's how you win games. Yeah, uh, Derek, I mean, you're right. I mean, last year, Brian Kelly and them went 4-8. and eight. Uh, They decided to give him another year, and look what he's done. He he took a younger roster that was inexperienced and turned it around. Maybe that's something Nebraska should look at, but whatever. Uh, they're six in the country against the run uh, at running the ball. They run the ball well, like you said. Uh, I, they may have the best offensive line unit in the country right now. They're going to beat NC State. Yeah, I like Notre Dame as well. Uh, Minnesota at Iowa. Iowa, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Derek? I have to go with Iowa. I don't know why, because they screwed me last week. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm just not sold on Minnesota right now. Yeah. T- Tyler? Oh, God. Do it. Do it. Iowa, Iowa is like gum that gets on the bottom of your shoe. They just – they're there. You can't get rid of them. They're just around. Um, I hate picking Iowa, but I am not impressed at all with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Um, that, for all the bark that guy had, he has not mounted any results. Um, they, they barely beat Illinois, who's the worst team last week. Yeah. Um, I just don't think Minnesota's good. I have to pick Iowa. Well, that's what happens when you go to hire a coach that just has a catchy slogan. That's it. Uh Row that boat. I like Iowa in this as well. Uh, All right. Here is the game of the week. Number two, Penn State at number six, Iowa. I'm sorry, Ohio State. Minus six. Derek. I like Penn State in this game. I. They they have the probably one of the best defenses in the country, giving up only 9.6 points per game and 283 yards per game. I know Ohio State's playing really good ball right now, and it's at Ohio State, but I got I got to stick with Penn State since I have them in my playoff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a good reason. <laughs> Tyler? This this could be a classic, um, but I like Ohio State. Since 2000, the last time Urban Meyer has lost after a bye week was 2001. 
is in Columbus. They're playing good football. He's a great coach. After a bye week, he doesn't lose. It's going to be a classic. I think this is going to go down to the wire, but I think at the end of the day, Ohio State just has enough to get it done. I like Ohio State in this game as well. They're just playing tremendous ball. What shocks me about this game more than anything is this game is a 2-30 game. It's not even a primetime game. Uh, I am thankful for that because we get to watch Nebraska at least, but how is this game not the primetime game of the week? That that perplexes the hell out of me. All right, let's get it to our game of the week. <laughs> I guess that's uh, Nebraska and Purdue. Uh, Purdue, again, they are five-and-a-half-point favorites now. So, Derek, give us uh, your score prediction. Oh, for the listeners, check out HuskerHype.com for the score predictions there uh, for, by the staff. We'll have ours there as well. Check it out. Good stuff there. Derek. Well, you talk about being a primetime game. How does Nebraska at Purdue end up being primetime? I mean, really? Come on. This can't be the best game of the week for Big Ten Network to be playing. Ugh. I don't know. I shake my head at that one. Uh, I do see it being a close game. I think they're. I think they're. I think Purdue's defense just seeming to be able to hold teams, even even the good teams like Wisconsin, to a few amount of points. I, I, I'm not sure if we'll move the ball well against them. I'm I'm gonna pick Purdue 2017. You what? <sighs> Take a drink of beer on that note. Oh, my goodness. Tyler, save us. Save us now. You know, I, 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 I'm I a little bit with Derek on this one. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, you know, I, I, am, I will be very curious on how this team comes out of the gates. But at the end of the day, um, I, I don't see us losing to Purdue. I think we have enough talent. You know, I point out, I think we're going to have a little bit better success on defense than we've had the last couple weeks. But I do think it's going to be close. I got Nebraska 27, Purdue 24. You know, I am with you. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I just don't see us losing to uh, – I don't see us losing to Purdue. I got Nebraska. I'm th- I'm hopeful that coming out of the bye week that we're going to generate a little bit more offense than what we have been. And uh, I have Nebraska 31-24. So, Derek, you're the outlier here. So, Well, let's hope I'm wrong. Yes, let's yes. hope you're wrong because everybody we loves we some, when Derek is wrong. And hopefully we can get a little bit of ground on him on the, on the pick. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's well, why he did it, just so you guys can catch a little ground. Oh, you God, you're such a nice guy. You know, you're a pessimist, <laughs> but you're a nice guy. Said no Everybody one ever. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. So let's uh, let's root for those big red. But I do have a shout out to uh, mention here. Nebraska ball is back, uh, sort of. Nebraska beat Mississippi State 76-22 in a charity game to raise money for hurricane relief. So kudos to Tim Miles and the Husker squad for doing some good and walking away with a win. Everybody loves that. So, as we say farewell, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. You can find us on HuskerHype.com. Be sure to go there and check out all the cool stuff there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back next Tuesday to recap the Purdue game and look ahead to the Northwestern game. And as always, go Big Red!
so long, see you later, make it easy, be cool, hang loose.